We're not starting again. <laughs> There's no way that's the intro to the show. The intro like. was right then and no one's going to know what went on just before that. It just stays between us. Hey, everyone. If you guys want to speculate what went on before... Behind closed doors. Oh, don't say that to the Marnie. <laughs> They're already snooping around where oh, they shouldn't be. Very nosy listeners we've got. Yeah, we do. And that's why we love you guys. We because do. you care we about do. us as people. Thank you. Sometimes. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. I think everyone's pretty good. Anyway... Welcome. Massive podcast today. Huge. It's been a big news day in North Melbourne. Even when you say huge, the the fact you say Hugh at the same time, <laughs> I can see your eyes light up. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's weird. I can't I can't talk about Hugh Greenwood without like literally just smiling and lighting that up inside. We'll talk about Hugh Greenwood later. Okay. We've got bigger fish to fry. Apart from it being a massive uh, Newsday. We're going to go into some little bit of housekeeping first. The live show. The live we show. We are so excited. It's next this Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday. This next Sunday. Sun- no, it's this coming Sunday, the twenty fifth of February. I would call that next Sunday. No, no, but it's the first Sunday that's coming. This doesn't matter. Uh, this Sunday, guys. This Sunday, it's coming up. We just posted a little clip, um, just advertising it. But yeah, incredibly exciting. It's kind of more real. We went there a couple of days ago and plugged in the sound stuff, and then hearing me speak. And there's a PA system and things. I was like, oh, this is an actual real thing. It's happening, guys. Yeah. This Sunday, uh, doors are open from 1pm at Bonehead Brewing in Kensington. Mm. Thank you again for everyone who did purchase tickets. It Absolutely. is a sold out event um, and we will be checking names and stuff at the door. So um, if you mm. don't have a ticket. You can try Tixel, guys, but I don't know how <laughs> hot they are. You know what I mean? Um, <coughs> next time. Well, it definitely be the first of many, I think. I hope so. Um, one important thing, uh, a bit of housekeeping there, is you can order food um, from a Mexican place around the corner. I can't remember. La Tortilleria, is that what it is? I think so. We've been there. It's good. We went there. It's good. I can't remember the name. But there's QR codes on the tables at Bonehead for you guys to order food. We're just not going to be uh, allowing food to be ordered during the podcast so people aren't delivering it and moving around much while we're doing it. But there's a QR code on the table for some Mexican um, before and after the podcast. So you can get food along with all the amazing drinks there. So come at one, grab some food, grab a beer, and we can all hang out together. We can't wait. We're so, so excited. Again, thank you everyone who has purchased tickets. Um, it means a lot to us. And yeah, we just can't wait to hang out with everyone and talk footy. Mm, very, very true. Um, Charlie's excited too. He's going to get to meet you guys. Um, we are... Uh, where we're positioned, where we're going to record the podcast and you can view us as a stage, which is just above the bar. But after that, um, we're going to come down and hang with you guys. You can grab a photo with Charlie. Probably not me. Who wants to do that? Probably Marnie. She's very popular. <laughs> I um, want a photo with you. Yeah, me and Marnie will take a photo together. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll all be mingling with you guys before and after the podcast. And um, there is someone filming the podcast as well. So if you uh, want to glam up and look like a really hot audience. So we, as we know, North Melbourne have the hottest, you know, fan base in the league. 100%. And it's not even close. No, it's not close. We can't wait to see you guys all in the flesh. Exactly. To prove it. Anyway, that's enough about flesh. It's a massive news day. Big, big news day at North Melbourne today. Here we go. Okay, so we've got two major stories coming out of North Melbourne today. We're recording on the Monday in the afternoon. So we've had time to digest a little bit of this. But Taryn Thomas, um, apparently an 18-week suspension handed down by the AFL, then conflicting reports that that's not the official 
um, sanction and they're still working through it. So we'll just go off the initial report, but caveating that um, apparently the AFL did respond and say it's not officially 18 weeks yet, they still are investigating it. But uh, Marnie, what did you think as soon as it was handed down? So Tom Morris broke the story mm. um, this afternoon. No matter what you think of Tom Morris as a person, um, he's a really, really excellent journalist and he usually does have his finger on the pulse with this sort of stuff. Uh, I'm conflicted. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I do find and I really have struggled with this whole time is the way the AFL is handling it compared to the police. Yeah. Um, he's obviously – there's this rumoured 18-week suspension. If it was the case, it wouldn't surprise me. Like I mm. said, Tom Morris is usually you know pretty spot on with these sorts of things despite what the AFL has come out and said since he broke the news. There's been no charges – laid by the police mm-hmm. um, and so I just find that really interesting. Um, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Look, uh, uh, not that I know a lot about this stuff. I haven't got a criminal record myself. That's a good start. Which is a great start yeah. so far. Um, I don't – yeah, it, it was always interesting that the, the person went to the AFL instead of the police, I think, as well. I'm not saying that div- – like, you know, or doesn't mean the claims are real or anything like that, but it's an interesting way to go about it. And then the AFL – uh, investigation. This clearly, when there's smoke, there's fire as well. There can't be nothing for d- such strong reports to be coming out. But then, you know, quickly we did hear word that that's not the official ruling. So, yeah, I think take it with a grain of salt for now. It sounds like a pretty realistic uh, sanction, anyway. I would say. Yeah. Um, there was another interesting part of this where um, the AFL, if you get a certain, I think it's if you get a certain length of suspension, uh, the AFL can choose to uh, deregister you uh, as an AFL player. So that makes it a very interesting situation as well. They'll hand them the suspension, but then will the AFL choose to deregister? I would say not, only because looking at a lot of other cases in the past, I can't remember a time where the AFL's deregistered somebody. Yeah, the one thing with this, which I think kind of ch- is is changes things a little bit, is the severity of the allegations are related to DV and sexual Mm. assault. And I'm not saying that these things wouldn't have been valid five, ten years ago, but we are now in a position where we have a women's league and we have a women's team Mm. at North Melbourne. Um, And it's whether you want, if these allegations are true, again, just want to be careful, but if these allegations are true and we are, you know, I'm not, you know, we are at a place in the AFL and in society. We obviously have an official women's league. Yep. North have a women's team, which is one of the best women's teams and one of the best women's programs of the mm. AFLW competition. Absolutely. Is that the kind of person that you want hanging around the club? Not just, I mean, in general, but mm. even more so because of where we're at as a league and where we're at in society with women, you know, with women's rights and, and women, the voice that women do have now. Um, I think it's a very delicate situation it is really hard to know how to handle it there are so many different um angles to look at the angle that i still look at this with is the value on field that he has for us and i know that there's going to be a lot of people that do disagree with me and i think that there is there is going to come a point where his reputation will hurt us yeah. If it hasn't already. It's the consistency of it. Like I was very, well, not very vocal, but I backed him through the off season um, saying, I hope he's passed all his stuff. You know, if Sonia and Jen are there overseeing the whole thing, then being women would take it with the utmost importance clearly. Um, and he did what he needed to do. Was there little 
struggles along the way with him getting back into the system. Maybe, but he made his way back and he played a very good role in the team for those last six weeks or whatever he did. Um, that to me suggested, especially with Sonia and Jen there, that he'd done the right things and it was all behind him. And I was really willing to back him off him completing that program and him on the field and just how good he was for us moving forward because we need him. You know, yeah. our, look at where our club is, you know what I mean? But with this so quickly in the offseason coming back and then an alleged 18-week suspension suggests it's it's bad. So I think we have to take it as it's probably going to be something like an 18-week suspension, but it's not officially confirmed yet and we just need to make sure that's clear. And then the other the other lens I look at it as we're having this sort of discussion because it's Taryn Thomas. So how would we feel if this was a, a no offence to a CCJ or a... That's my guy. Yeah, or, you know, whoever really. I mean, just yeah. the average middle-of-the-road player. The discussion we'd be having around him would 100%. be completely different to the discussion we're having now. 100%. Which is... It's, there are so many layers of complication. Mm. I think... The club had a really had a period probably before Clarko and Sonia and Jen all kind of everyone kind of came into the mold of mm. there was a rotting culture. There's a lot of there's a lot of clean out that happened in terms of personnel, in yes. terms of you know bad culture fit. Talking to you, better mafia. So I think that if this is all true and if this does come to light, mm. if the club were to say thank you but we're going to part ways, you obviously back that decision 100%. If we feel like there is no way for him to come back from this, you obviously back the club 100%. There's nothing more you can really do in this situation. Yeah. But for me, there's still – and again, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who disagree with me. For me, there are still T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted. I yeah. think there's too many details and I think timing is really important as well. These are fresh allegations, but did they happen last year? Like, has he been clean, you know, yeah. since he did come back? Like, you just Yeah, was just this one incident know. and there's been multiple people come and allege things from one incident, was it, years ago, and he has made change in life, but then these things are coming back to haunt him. Are they fresh? We, we don't know, and I think that changes the situation. The thing I have a bit of faith in is with, you know, Todd Viney, Clarko, Jen, Sonia, all there, I feel like now our culture's turned around enough for whatever North... Uh, decide or whatever their decision is, I would be backing whatever the club chooses. Um, I've got yeah. a point here, which is probably let's let's go there. Will he ever play for North Melbourne again? Um, I don't think you can. I think it's too early. I still think it's too early to say. Yeah. People probably think I'm mad, but mm. we haven't. The club hasn't actually released any information no. on this. And yet though that initial 18 week suspension report has been claimed to be false not false but that hasn't been officially what's handed down to him so as I of yet i feel like we can obviously have these initial conversations but until we do have some official word from the afl or from the club it's really hard to know what the situation is to then properly assess it we're just mm. going off rumors at the moment yeah. say the 18 week suspension is true mm. and he does sit out for 18 weeks it's I wouldn't be making any decision until the end of the season still. He's still contracted for another year. Uh, absolutely. Okay, until the end of this year. Yeah, yeah end of yeah. this year, sorry. So, you know, if he was – and again, it, but again, it's so hard to know. What yeah. if he trains the house down and he comes – Context know, is everything, isn't it? And 100%. I don't know if we're ever going to get that context and that's why I feel like – It's not know, a decision that can be made until – and yeah. I would I would – not want us to make a decision either way until the end of the season. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Or at least until, say he gets, let's take it as he is going to get 18 weeks. Once again, not officially, but it seems like it's probably what's going to happen. Um, 
you would probably want to make that decision after he comes back and plays, if he does, or you know, the month leading up to because there's going to be questions. If you say he gets 18 100%. weeks, 14 weeks into that. Journos are going to start asking, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Just like they did last year. Journos, so. this is going to be the second the club or the AFL come out and say this is the suspension, that's it. Mm. That's the circus. The circus starts oh, and the absolutely. circus goes on for the whole year. A- There's no way that this is going to – this will be a headlining story all season, yeah. without no. a doubt. Absolutely. And I think, you know – let it play out and let it let the club take its time. Todd Viney did say something today from from what I've heard that um, they've only recently got the information about what the allegations are about because the AFL was holding that to themselves to do their own investigation. North hasn't been very privy to exactly what's been going on, even as of right now. So that's so how's the club expected to make a decision? Yeah. It, within and I'm and, and as a supporter, I, I want answers too. Yeah, but. I think that there's no way we can make any logical decision or any smart decision uh, because it doesn't just impact – it impacts the club on field. It impacts the club off field. It impacts a person's life. Mm. You know, someone who, again, is this a cry for help? We're having this discussion six months ago. Like, is he doing all of this because he needs help? Like, you just – you just – you don't Mm. know. It's such a hard situation to navigate. Take take all of the facts that you've got into consideration, but I would say don't cast strong judgment just yet. Um, doesn't mean to disregard anything that's happened and, and all the uh, allegations need to be taken seriously, of course, because this is something we don't want to happen ever, to be honest. But, you know, we don't know the exact story and have your opinions and, and with the information you've got, you it's okay for everyone individually, including myself, to form an opinion, but how vocal and how hard you go on that I think needs to be respected a little bit um, and just trust that North are going to make the right decisions and the right people are in place to sort this out appropriately for whatever has gone on, which, once again, we're probably never going to find out exactly what happened. And even if journalists, you know, report what happened, it's probably – do we take it seriously because well, of the track record of journalism? Well, there's his side and her side and the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. All I will say is that if everything that we have been given so far is true, mm. it's not someone you want at the club. Let's go through, I guess, a couple of hypotheticals. Let's, let's pretend that this is the suspension he's going to get and okay. once again we'll caveat that it is a, an alleged suspension. It's not official from the AFL in North Melbourne yet. Um if that is the suspension, do you want him to play again? Because right now, the top of my head, as much as I, we need a player like that so bad, he's so good, I kind of think no. No, and, I and agree I've, with I've you. I've flipped on this with these new allegations. I think what whatever happened before, I re- I felt like he maybe was going to leave it behind. And like I said, with Jen and Sonia ticking all the boxes, I felt confident in their ability to manage the situation that letting him back in the program was a good decision. An 18-week suspension suggests the severity. It's a very serious situation we've got on our hands. And if that does come out true, then... I would say it's probably... Even if he's training the house down, even if for some reason they do let him come back and play for the last six weeks of the season... I don't know. I'm I'm no longer confident that it won't happen again, even in five years' time. And I think... From where our club is, it's. I think it's different if our club's in the top four or the top eight. You know what I mean? But being at the bottom, being with a bunch of young, impressionable future stars, we hope, I just don't think it's beneficial, even though they're so talented. And this is where the conflict lies. They're so talented and so good at football. But 
it's the the attitude of, you know, Colby McKercher as an example, not specifically him, but like an 18-year-old coming to the club. They're 18. They're impressionable. And I, I don't think or don't suggest from anything from those guys that they'd ever do something like that. But my point more is young uh, teenagers still are impressionable to especially older, really good quality footballers. So... I think just for a culture standpoint and what we've tried to do culturally at the club, it has to be no, even though I would love nothing more to see Taron Thomas on the field dominating and bringing North back in the finals. If all this stuff is true, it has to be a no from me. What's the line? So if 18 weeks we're like, no, he doesn't play again, you know, it's not good for culture. What's the line where you're like, okay, maybe I could consider him coming back? Is it like halfway well, through all, the season? So I guess it's like a 12-week suspension? All we're doing there is like guessing the severity dependent on weeks of the suspension. Well, that's all we have at the moment. Exactly. We don't have the information If it was hand. like a couple of months, the first couple of months of the season, I'd be like, you know what? He's got a majority of a season. Maybe something went on. They couldn't possibly figure it out or there wasn't enough evidence supporting one side more than the other. They had to slap him with something because it's in the public eye. And look, he something's clearly gone on. And if it's, say, two months, I think maybe in my head, just off the top of my head right now, that's a bit of a line where I'd be like, you've got the next four months of the season to, to make you know, your contract claim and, and your passion and, and dedication to the club. But 18 weeks, three quarters of a season... Yeah, I, I think it just suggests it's bad. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tricky situation, and it's not again go say it again. It's not something that I think we can really have a clear opinion on yet. No, and I don't think we'll have a clear opinion on it for a while mm. to come. Here, here's an interesting uh, hypothetical I sort of thought of. I've written down here so obviously because the AFL can deregister him. Yeah, as a club, if this is the suspension and say it, it, all the allegations are true. Allegedly, of course. If do we hope the AFL deregisters him, and or do we not hope? Because we can still get it from the AFL's perspective. If someone does pick him up, if we don't offer him a contract, we get some sort of compensation for him, just like Ben Mackay. Depending on the contract he will get, there's always been rumours about him going to the Gold Coast. Um, so let's use that in the hypothetical. Say the Gold Coast offer him four, five hundred thousand a year, which is a pay cut for a player of his talent, but obviously with the allegations, yeah, you, even he shouldn't be expecting to get paid a lot of money. Um, for, as a club, we would hope he stays registered, which means I guess we would have to pay him for the year. You've got to use 90% of your salary cap anyway, so it doesn't really matter on North's end because we're not getting more players in now anyway, but we would probably hope that he stays registered and another club would pick him up to give us compensation just from a pure selfish North Melbourne's point of view. I think deregistering him, even though that'll be a more harsh punishment, and if he deserves that, I'll I'll stick with that and be happy with whatever's put down. But from a selfish North Melbourne Football Club perspective, we'd probably rather him not get deregistered and go into free agency so we at least get a pick or something for him, right? Here's our best case scenario as an as North Melbourne stands if he is suspended but not deregistered. Mm. So he stays on the books. I think our best case scenario, if you even want to call it that, it's ridiculous. This is the conversation we're having. But he's only suspended for – he only misses the first eight to ten rounds, right? Is it 18 weeks? It's not 18 weeks from now though, right? It's 18 weeks from – It's 18 rounds, 18 games. 18 rounds, so yeah. say he only misses like eight to ten games. Mm. Then he comes back – 
And then we can put his character to the test as much as you possibly can. You don't know how that's going to falter down the track, but that could happen at North. That could happen if he goes somewhere else. Plays two-thirds of the season and then we can have the decision if we look to keep him or trade him. Because he could come out of – so say he's suspended for eight to ten weeks, he comes back into the side. i say the most he, games he could play possibly though would be like seven or eight. You know, because because if he's going to be suspended for 18 rounds, we'll have one buy in that. So 17 games, what's that, 23, 24 rounds? So I'd say the most he'll be able to play this season anyway is about seven. But I'm talking our best case scenario, if we if can he hope doesn't get for suspended. that, okay, yeah, if, course, is, yeah. is if he's only suspended for like eight to ten weeks and then yeah. we get – he plays half of the year or two-thirds of the year, we can assess his on-field performance, his off-field performance, and then North as a club has the ability to make the decision, do we trade him or do we keep do we, do we keep Give him? Give him, yeah, contract because extension. Because I don't think that – Seven rounds, so say the suspension is an 18-round suspension and he plays only six or seven games for the year. Mm. I don't think that's enough time for us to figure out if no, we want to keep him or not. I agree. I, I don't think that that's point. enough for um, another club to assess if it's right for yeah. them to pick him up. There'll and I also don't think it's enough time for us to assess how his characters mm. There'll be offers evolved. though. Like even if it's like 200, 300,000 a year, I mean, which is still is so much money, but like isn't that sort of realistic of what someone would offer him? I mean, clearly he's been able to convince North last year that he's passed all that and that he is a better person. It's very um, much a time will tell. 100%. Situation. And this is all hypothetical. I'm going to keep caveating that. Sorry yeah. if that's annoying me saying it all the time. But we no, have to but we have to be clear about that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about North Melbourne then. Who benefits? Say he is suspended. Who in your mind benefits? Well, no one benefits. Not, I mean, as a player, like who takes his spot or who... Because uh, as an example of this question, I'd say like Jai Simkin, that is 100%. He's going to be in our best three midfielders now for me. And he's going to get more midfield time. Someone like a Tom Powell, a Charlie Lazaro. No, not benefiting from the situation. More from yeah, Taron just not being there, You know um, what I mean? Yeah, I'd agree with... Well, I think Jai's spot is, for the most part, safe regardless. It's safe, but um, I'd say, like, him being in that starting three midfielders at the bounce... It's um, we the, had this debate when we did our twenty two. Yeah, so I'll come back to the I'll come back to the 23. I think it's Will Phil and Charlie Lazaro, probably Powell? the two... Charlie Lazaro has gone past Pat. I, I agree, but those three fighting for that midfield yeah. spot, I'd say, you know, there's different. I, I'd say Lazaro impressed me more than Will Phillips. So I'd say like Lazaro is probably my my go to at the moment. Will Phil and then Pal, and then someone like all those three though. I think Will benefits probably the wrong word to use, but will have a little bit of extra motivation because there is that spot available in the midfield. Charlie Lazaro is the kind of guy that's going to take his opportunity if he gets it. Mm. Um, I mean, I, so he, so impressed with it. And he proved that in round 23 last year. He was, you know, one of the best on ground. Mm. It was probably the first game we've ever really seen him play no, in the absolutely. midfield. Uh, and one of us had him in our best 23 and the other one didn't. Anyway. Um, okay, well, okay. <laughs> There's no need to take shots here, Marnie. We're I'll all take friends. every shot that I can get. That is true. She's um, crazy, guys. I'm, oh, I'm, so I'm brutal. She's brutal. I'm, um, I'm terrified. But I think, yeah, Charlie Lazar is the kind of guy that's going to take any opportunity that you know, that is thrown yeah, yeah. his way. I think Will Phil's definitely the other one. Um, and I do agree with you that Jai probably will be able to have a bit more midfield yeah, time. Yeah, a slightly more comfortable you're in the midfield. I think, that, the other, I think the other one's probably Cam Zerha. 
Um, you know, he did play. It was play. interesting he didn't play any midfield minutes See, though I, in the And we had this discussion last year. I loved him through the midfield. So did I. And I think that Chaos. it would be, it would be especially the shape that he's in at the moment, it would mm. be wrong to not throw him in there if we do feel like we need a bigger It'd body. It would be interesting to see against Collingwood and St. Kilda if he gets any midfield time because that's what we heard coming out of the club. Uh, a lot was he's trimmed down to play more midfield minutes to get more of a fitness base and then the intra-club didn't play any minutes whatsoever. But he dominated up forward. Um, you know... We'll get to Tyler Sellers a little bit later, but maybe like a, a Sellers who might play more forward, um, maybe that means Zerha's going to be able to not have to play the second key forward role. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting discussion. Very but, um, interesting. I think they're probably the players for me that it will benefit the most. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Anything else to add with with Taryn or are we going to leave it there for now until we get more info? I think we'll leave it for now. I just think it is really important to reiterate that there's so much speculation floating around and it can be really easy to jump the gun either way. Um, obviously, the nature of the allegations that we've heard over the last probably 12 months have been really serious mm. and really quite scary. Um, and we obviously just hope that everyone involved is okay. Um, yeah, and, that, you know, that the victim and that Taryn and the club can all reach a point where everyone is okay yeah um and that you know we can all sort of move forward from this in a positive direction mm. um yeah that's all i yeah no that's fair i i kind of mirror that i guess i'd love to see taron back for this club but only under circumstances where he hasn't been convicted of anything of this 100 percent. um if if it's if it's true then i think it's time to move on from taron which is so disappointing with talent and you know what we thought he could be um yeah, I'd love to see him back, but it doesn't seem like it at this point. And if those things are true, yeah, I think I think we move on as a club because we've got to set standards. And um, you know, someone like a McKercher, I think um, I think Joel in our uh, draft podcast said that he's someone who could replace or play that Taron role in the future because he was pretty skeptical on Taron three, four months ago. So, you know, we do have players that are going to be able to take over um, from him. It's not. If Taron's not there, we're done. You know, we've got so much talent now and someone like a Lazaro is going to get an opportunity who we hope can step up and, and be fantastic. So I think the club is in a really good place now mm. to deal with this. Yes, it if this happened when David Noble was in charge, then we may as well relocate to Darwin or something <laughs> right now because... Yeah, if this, happened, if this happened 24 <laughs> months ago, I think the club would be... Move the club to Flinders Island or something. Would be, you know, quite in, in quite a bit of strife. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got the right people both on and off the field to be able to manage this properly and mm. to come out of this okay yeah. um, and to come out of it in an okay position. So, yeah, I, I'm comfortable with um, with who's there and how, how it'll be managed. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah, so leading on from that then, it's like... Whatever North, in my, in my opinion, whatever North chooses to do, I will back because I believe we have the right people at the club now to make the right decision with the information that they have, which is always going to be more than us. So I guess that's the last thing I'll say. I back whatever North decide because they've got the information and we've got the right people at the club to make those decisions. We back North with all of their list decisions, uh, well, including <laughs> no, the one from today. No. Well, Marnie, and this is how I'm going to start this. Tyler Sellers. Uh, Taylor has the Errors Tour. The Further North Podcast has the Sellers Tour. I tell you what, it's going off here at the Further North Podcast because <laughs> I love Tyler Sellers already. I know. I'm really, really, really excited with this mm. news that came out of the club today. I had a chat with a friend of mine um, last week and he said to me, oh, like, what did you think of the intra-club? 
like what were your thoughts? And the only thing I said to him <laughs> is that we have to sign sellers. Yeah, I think every everyone's been saying that. And people were saying that all through um, the VFL season last year as yeah. well. I, I watched a few VFL games. I couldn't get to all of them. Um, I think Dean, hashtag kangaroos, Dean covered it a lot. And he was hot on the uh, sign on sellers, sellers train. The train. So we'll give while. Dean the credit there for that one. Um, yeah, it, it's great. And... I guess that's the first time I've watched a full match of him mm. apart from just VFL highlights. And I got to a couple of VFL games, but, you know, didn't watch the whole thing. When I say got to, I didn't go to any this season. You got of, to review a few I, I got to home. watch a few because they're free on the AFL app. So the ones I did watch, I watched a bit of him, but that was definitely the first full time I've seen him in a full game. And yes, it's pre-season match sim with you against your mates, but... He looks really, really good. Now, one of the questions that I saw banding around the internet today about Tyler Sellers is how tall is Tyler Sellers? Well, I've found how tall Tyler Sellers is. He's 193 centimetres. He's a tall forward. He is a tall forward. exactly what we need. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, by the looks of him, he looked a little bit small. I keep forgetting Nick Larkey is two metres tall. Um, For everybody who wanted to know on the internet and all the chats today, Tyler Sellers is 193 centimetres. Further North Podcast breaks it here first. Breaking um, all the news Exactly. Here. More than Tom Morris or whoever broke that other story. What was his name? Is that him? That is, yeah, cool. that is the Tom Morris. Wowee. Uh, I'm either Tom Norris. Norris? I'm either Tom Morris of the Further North <laughs> Podcast. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be gloating about that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to anyway. hate me now. Anyway, um, a couple of uh, things about... Uh, about him is uh, after joining the VFL program last year, kicked 30 goals in the VFL last year, came second in our VFL best and fairest. He's only 20 years old as well, which is fantastic. He's got so much time. Um, and yeah, 193 centimetre key forward, which was something interesting. Uh, hopefully you all saw that little video that uh, North Melbourne posted about Clarko telling him that he's going to be signed. I'm sure he signed before that, but announcing it to the group. And uh, he said that Nick Larkey actually went up to, uh, was it to Clarko? I think he went up to Clarko or someone and said, we got to sign this guy. This guy can actually really play football nice. when he was playing in the forward line with a Nick Larkey. So nice. He's got the Larkey tick of approval, which is probably that. the biggest tick of approval at 100%. the club. Um, which is incredibly exciting. So, Marnie, is he a chance to play round one? 100%. <laughs> oh, wow. He'd have to be a chance yeah, to play no, around one after that performance in the intro. I'm interested to see how he, well, if he does line up against the Pies and against the Saints in the preseason games mm. um, and how he performs. Given that, um, yeah, I mean, given that we don't have a second key forward, no, you know, probably puts um, CJ and Hugh a little bit. You know, maybe in no man's land at the moment. It's sort of becoming like the back line though, where you, you've got Larky down there who's just going to be there. I would say um, Charlie is going to be at fullback, centre half back, wherever it's that Charlie Combin. Combin, yes. Yeah. Um, sorry, we're on a first name basis now. <laughs> so, that's sorry. I'm so sorry, Charlie. Besties. Combin. No, we're, we're not besties, but we will be after the podcast. <laughs> we talked about Nevisphere Most Wanted when we met the first time, and he better remember it because it meant a lot to me. Anyway, I'm not fangirling, you're fangirling. So you are definitely fangirling. <laughs> so, you're so <laughs> handsome. Um, Larky and, and Combin, I think, are going to be the two pillars at each end. But other around them, like we know I back CCJ a little bit more than the average. I do know he was pretty he, – he was okay. He had his moments in the practice game, but he probably wasn't good enough for my mind. Um, with Sellers down there and uh, Finbar – there's a couple of options we've got. None of them are great, but we've got some options and at least there's going to be pressure for those other people to perform like the back line with Pink, Nguyen, Dawson, both Dawsons, 
Um, there's going to be pressure for the spots, even if there's no exact perfect option, at least there's pressure. I think what makes me nervous about leaving CCJ out of the side is that I don't know if Sherry can run out a full game yet. Yeah. I know he was really good in the intra-club on Wednesday and you obviously touched on that last week on the mm. show. Um, and we've always said that we want players to prove us wrong no matter what. Um, but unless we've got a second Ruckman now, be that CCJ, yes. be that Biggie Nguyen, you want to put Greenwood in there, fine. Throw Greenwood in there as well. I'm hesitant to leave one of those guys out with Sherry yeah. being the main Ruckman at the moment. Can I say At an least opinion? for the first, like, sort of half of the year while he's still building up match fitness. Yeah. I think with the sub rule, I think I don't really see the appeal of putting, like, a midfielder or something as a sub. I, I, I'm going to miss some here because I didn't watch every game of football. I'm sure people are going to be screaming at me for this, but I don't remember many times where a sub came on and won the team a game of football. The sub rule to me, it's always like a midfielder or someone quick, athletic, with pace, with a big engine. Midfielders should be able to run out a whole game anyway. The thing that can swing games is key position players. And I think like a CCJ or a Greenwood as a sub is perfect. Wouldn't you rather leave LDU, even like even a Lazaro, a Phillips, a Simkin in the middle all the time, but be able to sub out a CCJ, be able to sub out Greenwood if he's not impacting, be able to sub out Biggie or Toby Pink or someone like that with a key position player? You clearly never watched Ben Spate's performance against the Bulldogs <laughs> no, in 2000 and I remember whatever ben year, 2017, 13, yeah. whatever year that That's was. That's a big difference and it was somewhere a in very, that very time long, period. No, it was 2011. Ben Spate, the super sub. I think, I think it was 2011. That was 13 years ago, Marnie. Okay, well, that is so one, still one been of my one, Roman empires. There's been one sub <laughs> win a game of football. Because he literally changed that game. Has the sub rule been around that long? It's That's come in and out. Whatever it was, I I, I'm, I'm, my I'm main point here. unclear on details, but Ben Spate, super sub against the Bulldogs. Yes. However many years ago that was. Epic, yeah. we did, epic final quarter performance. We did have Anthony, uh, the owner of Bonehead Brewing, make fun of us on the weekend because 2014 is our uh, best North memory. And our he just looked at us children and said, you poor, poor souls. Um, Anthony, Ben Spate is one of my favourite players of all time. And this is what I've had to deal with in my North Melbourne supporting life. So leave us alone because it's emotional. Now, my point being, I'm not convinced the sub rule is a super effective thing that can be the difference between winning and losing a game of football. So my point is I would like to see more key position players um, as the sub instead of just putting a midfielder on who doesn't really impact the game as much because a midfielder should be able to be running it out all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do know do you what think, you mean. Do you, do you agree or not agree? I, or? Uh, look, I don't disagree, but I don't think that the midfielder can be a pure midfielder. The Jack Zabel was a perfect sub in my opinion. He could play midfield if we needed. We did, you know, we did... If we needed a midfielder, he could be in the midfielder. If we needed someone to go down back, he could play down back. I think back. Hugh Greenwood might if be the we perfect needed, sub. If we needed to throw someone into the forward line, can throw him into the forward line. Maybe Hugh Greenwood is... Hugh and I know you want him on the field and I know you want him to play. And I love Hugh Greenwood. Don't get me wrong. Hugh Greenwood's you, the perfect human. So yes, it would make it sense if he was the perfect sub. Yes, but if he's on the bench for three quarters of the game, you could sit closer to him more often. We do sit near the bench as well. So there you we go. could hang out. But anyway. That's I, I think Hugh Greenwood is genuinely the perfect sub. And I 
I think if you put him on a half back to float and intercept Mark or at least make a contest, I think he'd do it. You can throw him in the middle. You can put him up forward. I just... I don't like the thought of a Lazaro or a Powell or someone like that as the sub. I don't think they come on and impact the game well, enough. Well, Lazaro was a sub a few times last season, but the thing with Lazaro, and we have spoken about this multiple times before, is that Lazaro is a midfielder, and when he is played out of that midfield position, he's just not effective. Mm. But you'd rather – that midfield's going to be really hot for position. So a, a Lazaro, a Phillips, a Powers, prob- one of them is probably going to miss out, but right? But then on so the flip side, if you are talking, you know, if, we, if we're getting – crushed in the midfield and then you throw someone in there and they win five, six, seven, eight clearances in a quarter, they also have the ability to change but the th- game. But that's where you could have a CCJ or have a Greenwood on the bench, throw them in the forward line and put put Zerha in the middle. Yeah, I just I th- think I'd like a different type of player as the sub and because I don't think it is majorly effective if it's just another midfielder, especially if it's a midfielder that is like 170 something, 180 centimeters, and can't play in different positions. If I you throw you a Greenwood need versatility. in, yeah, that's more so what I'm after. If yeah, but CCJ so if can also play in the ruck if Sherry's stinking the house down, or say Sellers is playing for his first game, he's not doing much, or you know Zerha gets injured in the first quarter, and we've got no other key forward. You could put a CCJ down. Just yeah, more. I, I want different positions off that. We've gone on this. Uh, You're flying the CCJ yeah. flag. No, really not just heavily. CCJ. We've gone on long enough about this sub rule. So let's switch it up. But I just want more versatility in the sub rule and not just have Lazaro, a pal, to come on and just be a like for like. I want someone who's going to, if we are... Change the game. Yeah, is going to change something that yeah. we don't have. And I think it's more often you've got to change a key position player to make a, a game more dynamic than a midfielder. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um Anyway, here, an interesting point that I've written here. Um, the last list spot has now been taken. So that uh, currently means no mid-season draft and no pick. How do you feel about not having a mid-season draft pick? I know that all of them have been stinkers. Yep, um, that's how I feel. Our Lord and Saviour Jacob Edwards is no longer <laughs> with us. Um, not Lockie Hosey. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that name for a while. Um, nice guy. Yeah, very friendly. I'm good friends with his mum. I'm happy for you. <laughs> anyway, um, Callan Dawson might get his shot this year. Who knows? But uh, so far, I'd say a bad. Not he's not a bad pick, but he hasn't. He's a number one pick in the mid-season draft. Look at players uh, like is it John Newcomb was a pick like that as well as it Will Day. It's one of those. They one went into Hawthorne them. and made an, an impact. There's been other players. John well, Noble. John Noble. Uh, yes, that's the one for Collingwood. I was thinking, was it Markov? No, it's Noble. Noble. There's been players to go on other teams to make an impact and ours really haven't so far. No. You're not concerned? No. Because I don't think I am either. The caveat being what I've written down here, assuming North will be bottom four, which I think is pretty obvious <laughs> it's going to happen. I love you, North Melbourne. It's more about two to three years' time than right now. Um, did they sign Sellers knowing that Taron might not be there? confident that they're going to have a top three or four pick in the mid-season draft. Because I think the club values the mid-season draft, um, even though it hasn't been a hit so far. Is that a possibility? I think someone else would have snapped up sellers if we didn't. Yeah, I would say that's probably more likely, so but just a hypothetical the I thought of before. Nah, the mid-season draft sucks bad. For us, it sucks. It for sucks. other teams, it seems to be fine. I think, for, I think across the board, it's been below average there's been maybe a handful of players if that that have come out and actually been able to cement 
a mm. spot in a 22. I would but much across rather across the board. It's been pretty lousy. I'd much rather a mid-season trade period than a than a mid-season draft. Just get rid of all of it. It's rubbish. No, it's no, no. We need it. I think we need it as as a league to move forward. I spoke about this a little bit because someone wrote in a question last yeah, week. Yeah, I heard sure that, you and I rolled my eyes because honestly, it's <laughs> no. so not necessary. No, it is. It is. It did help. It would have benefited us. So imagine us getting a Tom McDonald from Melbourne or a Nick Haynes from. Uh, the Giants last year and got rid of a Tom Powell or someone that isn't going to get into our midfield. I, I think it'd be fantastic. Imagine I'm us just drafting players that we need. Yeah, but it's more from options. The start. It's, it's more options to be able to turn the list over. We could and I give think ourselves more options if we drafted yeah, and traded properly at the end absolutely, of the year. But it also gives you another option if that doesn't go well. Just because we draft a player and he doesn't work out doesn't mean that's North Melbourne's fault. You know what I mean? Every player has talent in that draft. And it's a, it's a brutal industry, especially for Brady Rawlings. Like, you know, dra- drafting a Jack Marnie, you know, he was awful. It's probably the worst AFL player I've ever seen. But <laughs> it's like he had talent at one point, right? Phoenix Spicer had talent at one point. Flynn Perry had <laughs> talent at one point. Phoenix Spicer, welcome back to the Further North podcast. He's a fan favourite. The um, All I'm saying is it's not always down to the club's poor drafting if a player doesn't work out. It's But if also but we have to take some onus. Why are we drafting players? Absolutely. But and they hit their ceiling five, six seasons before they should yeah, actually hit it. I agree. Wouldn't you want Curtis North Taylor, to be able to do it? Curtis Taylor is a really good example of this, okay? The the potential that he and the promise that he showed early on in his career, he's completely flatlined. Mm. That is the club's responsibility. Even if it's, it's a, our inability the, to develop players. The argument's not if it's the club's responsibility or not. The argument for me is, regardless of if it is or isn't, that has happened. So wouldn't isn't it better for North Melbourne to have a mid-season trade option? Imagine if Larky goes down and a Tom McDonald who can play forward is on the on the table mid-season and we're say we're like thirteenth, fourteenth. I'd absolutely want us to move heaven and hell for us to get another key forward. I think it brilliant for the league and if we want to be a a relevant we're always going to be relevant if the league wants to evolve with social media and norms the premier league is getting bigger the nba is getting bigger they'll have they can trade all through uh, obviously the transfer window and the premier league is mid-season and then the nba can trade all the way up until the all-star break i think we need to have that moving forward look how dead the nrl is with not having any draft no trades it's just signings and people know they're leaving a year before they do and then have you heard about the nrl for five months since the grand final no because nothing happens but AFL, we live in melbourne regardless though I, i've got mates who are massive nrl fans and nothing happens at this time of year the afl is a constant 24 7 media cycle and as much as some old people don't like that we need to have that to make the afl and maintain the afl as the biggest sporting code in Australia. It's it's the biggest by far and it's going to be for a while, but at basketball can absolutely overtake the AFL one day as the biggest sport in this country. I know people don't like the soccer, but soccer worldwide, if that ever got a sniff and really started to grow, the AFL will be shaking in their boots with what the the soccer can be as a sport. So I'm not the AFL is the biggest by far and they've at least got the next 10 years wrapped up, but those sports are growing. Look at youth level. More kids play soccer now than they do AFL and things like that. So all, all my point is, is we have to evolve with um, modern times and we have to evolve with standards of other leagues because they are bigger than us internationally, the ones I mean. I just think it'd be brilliant. It'd be more to talk about. I, I just don't see any negatives to it. Bring it back to North for a sec, okay? And I'm going to just pull you, rein you back in a little bit. <laughs> Marnie reining me back in. This is wild. <laughs> I know. The roles have reversed. Wow. The fact that we were 
about to start this season without a backup for Nikolaki frightens me. Yeah. The arrogance that we have and the fact that we thought that we could just get away with having him as our our one key f- – it's ridiculous. Yes and no, I would say. I don't know if it's arrogant. I think if there's not the right signing to go and make, you wait. You need to find it. In 2009, Drew Petrie went down with an ankle injury the year or two after he was All-Australian, right? Mm. And we barely let out a peep. Whenever, whenever he went down, whenever he went down, he barely, we barely let out a peep. We barely scored that whole season without him. He was out with a broken leg or ankle, whatever it was. I think he played one game for the year. Mm. If that happened, Sellers isn't there. and I don't know what Sellers can be, but I think he's got potential to contribute significantly yeah, to this yeah. team. Larky goes down round one. God forbid, touch wood, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but Larky goes down round one. Yeah, I understand, but is you it... You think CCJ's, no offence CCJ, but you think he's going to, you know, be kicking back yes. 60, 70 goals? You're the <laughs> Look, only one that thinks that. I don't disagree with you. I just don't see the negative of having two opportunities a year to do that instead of just one. That's more my point. I think it makes more buzz around the league, which gets the league into more people's faces. And if, like, if say we do get... So we got sellers now, so... That's signed, sealed, delivered. Say Alaki still goes down, I'm not confident that we're going to be okay even though Sellers is here now. No, so of course not. I would want to be able to fix that mid-season. Imagine all the buzz. We love trades. Trades are the most exciting thing. Signings and the draft, that's all they the most exciting thing unwell. of the season. So it's like, I don't know. I'm all for it. Anyway, that's enough of us arguing. There you go. I can now put heated debate in the title. It was literally no arguing. It was just no, you on just a tangent <laughs> and then me trying to steer the conversation back in the direction of Sellers. Anyway, we're here now. Thanks, everyone, for anyway, still listening. Uh, good luck, Tyler Sellers. Um, Can't wait. I really am excited to yes, see what he brings. Absolutely. Um, are we going to do a ladder prediction? If we have to. Yes, we're doing a ladder prediction okay. right now. All right, I'm going to find my note here. Do you want to get yours up, Marion? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I can't find mine here. So please, uh, you, Phil. Yeah, no, don't worry, I found it. Do we go from bottom to top? Um, Sure. Okay. Okay. Who's your wooden spooner? West Coast. West Coast, we, don't, we can move on. Um, is anyone rivaling Wooden Spoon? I Obviously, we have to be in the conversation as much as I really back North not to be. Um, um, like, I've got three. So, I've got three teams on six wins. I've got Fremantle, Gold Coast and North on six wins. So, and is that I've your bottom West, three? That's my, that's my bottom four. That's, uh, let's talk about that. I mean, I'm not crash hot on the Gold Coast. Dimmer's talking like they're going to win uh, the flag this year. What makes you put the Gold Coast so in the goal. bottom three? I don't just don't rate them. I don't disagree. My whole my whole ladder prediction and my like premiership prediction is based on emotion and gut feel. <laughs> Because that is the kind of football watcher that I am. Yeah, I've tried to put a little bit more logic behind this, but I love the raw emotion, mate. There's never really any logic behind anything I do. You know this. Fantastic. Right now. Um, 17th, I've got Hawthorne, which I think is going to be a controversial one. And North Melbourne is 16th for me. Okay. Where uh, where have you put North Melbourne? I've put North at 15th. Okay, so uh, Gold Coast, Fremantle, West Coast is below North Melbourne. Yeah. Let me just caveat this again uh, with my Hawthorne thing. I'm not going to go on a tangent because I've done this before. Please don't. You've already done one today. (laughs) 
I've sat through so many of your tangents, Marnie. So let me have one. Okay, okay, I'm stopping. Thank you, sir. I got emotional. Um, I think Hawthorne incredibly overrated even before the injuries uh, that they got in their intra-club match. Um, we've got way more talent than Hawthorne. We've got a better coach. The only reason uh, we didn't we went on their level last year um, was because Clarko wasn't there and the injuries that we did get. Um, I just don't rate Hawthorne at all. I think they've got like three possible future All-Australians in five years' time. And look, maybe they'll have more, but at the moment, they're, the only reason they're rated higher than us is because their name's Hawthorne and that's it. They had a, it was a fun year last year, but it's, uh, it's going to be the sophomore slump this year for them. Um, fun, new coach. You know, we won a couple of fun games when Brisbane and Collingwood didn't care. That's cute. I'm over it. Marbio Charles done nothing in the league. Gunston's about 107. Ginnivan's going to be on the bags all year. And they got someone else from Essen, D'Ambrosi or something like that. I think he could be all right, but, you know, half the team's injured now too. So I hope they're, I hope they're last. I hate Hawthorne. Thanks I for taking never that coach away, guessed, Muppets. I never would have guessed that you hated Hawthorne after that. Anyway, let's go. So 15th on the ladder, I've got Richmond. Okay. I've got Fremantle 14th. Then I've got the Gold Coast 13th. Okay. I've got Hawthorne – I've got North 15th, Hawthorne 14th, Richmond 13th and Essendon 12th. Hold hold this up for me so I can see yours as well so I can ask questions about it if that's possible. Um, there you go. Okay. Hawthorne above North Melbourne. I think that's yuck but I understand. Richmond 13th. I've got Richmond 15th. I think both kind of likely. The thing with Richmond is they – they they still have that MCG covered really well. Bold prediction for the year. Tigers don't sell out a single game because they're going to be a little bit bad and the fans will be off. They're already off. Yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, Richmond, I mean, who has that? I think there's the, it looks like we've got one that's a big difference here. I'll name my next three. Um, so at 12th, I've got Geelong. 11th, St Kilda out of the finals. And uh, 10th, Adelaide. Now, okay. give me your uh, 10th, 11th, 12th. I've got 12th, Essendon. Mm. I've got Sydney, 11th. Okay. And I've got Port Adelaide at 10th. Lots to discuss here. Let's talk Essendon. Is it just North Melbourne hatred for Essendon? No, or I you just don't think rate? Essendon is so ordinary. I'm so sorry. And it's it's rich coming from a North supporter, but I just, <laughs> don't, is, I just don't get it. Yeah, I think they'll be better. I think Essen signed the biggest names in the in the off season out of anybody. I think Dersma for them will be good. Mackay, I like Ben Mackay. Everyone who doesn't rate Ben Mackay just hasn't watched him before. And no, you don't he's know, great. And you don't know anything about football. I'm talking to you, Sam McClure. Um, and yeah, I, I think who else did they get? Goldie. Oh, R.I.P. Goldie. <laughs> no. No. I hate them. They're finishing last. I don't know. I think they'll improve. I think they've got a younger team. Brad Scott is a good coach until it really matters, I think. So, I don't know. I think they'll move up. I have Essendon sitting in ninth The for one thing with Essendon is that they lose the games they should win in the second half of the season. That is so true. So, what I've done with my ladder prediction is I've, I've predicted probably like to about round – 14, 15, I've put in tips where I actually think the better team will win. Okay. Then I've looked at the matchups and I'm like, nah, they're probably – like I've just done a few like this, really There's rogue. no gut feel to your work here, mate. This is it's, actual analysis. It's gut with a bit of <laughs> wow, gut feel. But then I think like there are some like, you know, 
there are some we see some really weird mm. results in the, like you know the, the the last third of the season. So I've thrown a few okay. of those in, and that's what I've come with. I've got with. Geelong twelfth. You've got them eighth, making the finals. Yes, you don't I think really they'll drop. Rate Geelong. I, I rate, look, really I rate Geelong. Geelong as well. I mean, they I, never stay down for too long. They won the premiership two years ago. No, that is true. I think la- the re- only reason I'm ranking them down is one because I think all these other teams are going to be better, not necessarily because I think Geelong is worse. But last year was the first year I started to see cracks. After 14, 15 years of absolute dominance of this league, finally we're starting to see some cracks. And I'm not sure that the young guys they've got are as... I I believe this about Richmond too. I'm not sure the young guys they've got are as talented as they all believe when they don't play with a bunch of superstars. But they... I think Geelong has the best player in the competition in Jeremy Cameron. The best player in the competition? Yeah. On his day, he's unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he's the best player in the competition, but I, look, I think he's a fantastic forward. He's an unbelievable player. I agree. Oh, he's up there. Don't he's get me wrong. He's an unbelievable I would put, footballer. I, mean, I think Kerno is better on his day. Well, we can agree to disagree <laughs> on that. Anyway. I do love Charlie Kerno though. Um, St Kilda for me uh, finishing 11th and you've got them 9th, just for a little spoiler, but we may as well talk about it. Yeah, I mean, they're okay. I'm probably a bit harsh on St Kilda. I think, we're all, I, I think they'll be higher than this. But I just don't. I see don't. It. I, I could don't, name I like they, four I think they miss, players. I think they missed the finals. I don't know yeah. if they'll make. I went to the elimination final and they were so awful. grim. Yeah, awful. So there's grim. no, there's no, there's nothing going on at St Kilda, is there? They're just there's okay. no heart. There's not. It's People just a club that's there. People think we're irrelevant. Yeah. We, at least we make we make stuff. people emotional. Yeah, we we're, we're we're either really bad or we're fighting in prelims. St Kilda just exists. <laughs> we make people talk about us. North Melbourne gets talked about in the media way more f- than St Kilda. Yes, it's because we're bad, but we're way more relevant. No than one St. cares Kilda's if St Kilda's bad. No, um, one I'm going to talk about here um, is Adelaide for me. Mm. Adelaide year on year are always the team that they're going to do it and they never do. Adelaide's it's, my bolter. It, it's bit I know I can see that. Bit. Um, <laughs> Adelaide for me, I think they've got potential, but I think I've said that four years in a row and until they do it, it's sort of the opposite with Geelong. Like I, I started to see Geelong dropping last year, so it's time for me to be like – because I tipped Geelong first on the ladder last year okay. because I was like until they, they crack, I'm backing them. Mm-hmm. Adelaide's the same. Until they get in the finals, I'm not backing them to get in the finals. They absolutely could, absolutely. But – it's all just potential until they do it. And it's been like that for about four years in a row. Yeah, but it's really easy to forget that the reason Adelaide didn't make finals this year is because of an incorrect goal Absolutely. decision. But then, you know, I think other teams, I, I think Essendon have improved more than Adelaide. Adelaide, see, for, I yeah, I think Adelaide's definitely the bolter this year, and I think that you don't that think we've decision, said that for four years in a row though, and it no, doesn't happen. No, not like this. That decision, that incorrect goal decision against yeah, the but then Swans, they lose in the first week of the finals anyway. They, they, I feel like that just completely popped them. I think that just <laughs> took the steam out of them completely. Yeah, do they have they it in them? They were building and building and building and building and building. Yeah. I think, I think... Do they have a star, though? Who, what's their captain? I, I, I hate Adelaide. I, I, don't, I don't care Dawson. about Adelaide at all. John yeah, Dawson? yeah, yeah, he's, he's a good. Gr- fantastic player. No, he is. He's he Australian is. last yeah, year. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I just, I think Also, Adelaide's Tex yuck. has also had a, had a 
sensational revival. He was excellent last year. He'll pro- he could definitely back that up again this year. Yeah, but he's also at an, at an age like a Hawkins where you could fall as well. Look, I, I'm not saying Adelaide can't do it. Another, I just, I'm going to believe it when I see it with Adelaide. The thing, and another thing that's important, I think, and this is, I mean, I've tipped the Bulldogs to make the finals, but the Bulldogs on paper, oh, yeah. team of superstars. Fantastic. Does not translate. They missed the finals this year, last year, sorry. It doesn't translate in you know, in reality. Mm. So sometimes you just need a team of really hard workers to grind out wins and maybe that's what Adelaide's got. Yeah. I mean, you've got them fifth and I'd say when you get to like potential top four, you need genuine Brownlow medal contenders or like at least one or something in there. I think they need a game changer still for me. They're very solid. Um, and they've got really good players and Dawson is a great player. Tex is great and they, they've got talent, don't get me wrong, but they just haven't done it yet and I think that's that's for me. I'm definitely one. I don't like to buy hype. Um, you can see that with the Gold Coast, um, even St Kilda there. Adelaide is the same. I, I don't buy on hype. There's another one coming up here that um, you've actually – well, Sydney is the one um, we're going to name next. Who have you got ninth? Let's just go straight to that so we can talk. And ninth Kilda. and tenth. Okay. Port Adelaide 10th. Mm-hmm. I actually think they're better than that. I don't know why they're 10th, but that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, I've got Port higher, but I would love them to Port's, finish out. Port is a really good side, actually. Yuck. I just don't, tr- I just don't trust them. No, neither do I. Look, the it's Demons... It's another situation of really good on paper, maybe doesn't translate as well. Because they've got players that are... They're, oh, this is going to make me sound like a boomer. They're TikTok players. They're they're highlight players. They they don't get in. They don't grind. They don't fight. They they can do a sidestep. They can ping a pass from fifty on someone's chest. They can look flashy and it's fun, but they don't have they don't have gut. There's no dog in them. You know what I mean? No. Well, they do have Travis Boak though, who is hundred years old. The you know Travis Boak is my hall pass. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that is a man. <laughs> that's a man. There you go, guys. That's my whole fuss. I'm not even going to respond to that. Um, okay. Are you jealous? No. <laughs> Stop it. Um, so, yeah. Ninth, I've got Essendon. I think they improve, but they're not quite a finals team. And, look, we need, I would love them not to win a final. The, the streak must continue. I don't really continue. care, to be honest. But um, at eighth, I've got Sydney. And this is one I'd like to talk about, which I was surprised you had them so low. Let's talk about Sydney. Why have you got them 11th? Because people are tipping Sydney top four. I don't know. <laughs> good. That's good insight, Marnie. <laughs> How about I speak instead? Please. <laughs> I think Sydney are really good until you get to the Ford 50. And who is going to kick their goals? If they really think, is it David Armity? Is that the, I know his last name's Armity. I think it's David Armity. If they think that guy's going to kick them any goals, no, he's not. He's not very good. Um, Just Logan the way McDonald, they fell apart against yeah. Carlton in that final. Their midfield is good. I think getting Grundy is a great get. Um, and getting, obviously Errol Goulding is yeah, he's a fantastic. Adams from Collingwood, like that's a that's a great get. But a Grundy and Adams passed it though. No, no, Grundy's not even so? thirty. No, 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 no. No, Grundy played. Like, he, Collingwood didn't want him there. He wasn't motivated. He goes to the Ds where he plays alongside a better Ruckman and he can't play forward. It just didn't work. If Grundy doesn't do it this season, I think we can say that. But he's been too good of a Ruckman for his career and now Even he's in a situation. I'm giving it, yeah, because he, he's done it before. Kind of like what I'm saying for Adelaide or someone like that. Because he's done it before, I'm going to back him to do it again. But if he doesn't perform or get back to like a top four Ruckman, five Ruckman in the league this year, I'd say we start to question if he's passed. 
interested or not. Yeah, fair enough. Um, their back line is solid. But yeah, I just don't see where the goals come from for them. Um, Logan McDonald is an injury waiting to happen. And Armity, I don't think he's very good. I think he's kind of just like Marby or Chol. He's okay Whatever. sometimes, but he's not going to get it done at the end of the day. So I've got Sydney eighth. I think they are good enough to scrape into the eight, but um, I wouldn't expect much. One thing I'll say about Port, what I was going to say before, so I've just remembered... Um, like the the D's have been crucified and rightly so for going out in straight sets. I've barely heard a word about Port top four. And they do that every sets. year. That's why. Um, yeah. I think looking at my ladder, I think from fifth to probably twelfth, mm. I think all of those sides could probably move around. It's incredibly competitive. I would say for me, the top twelve can make the finals. I'm putting Gold Coast out of that. I'm sick of Gold Coast talk. Once again, I'm not on the hype train for anyone until you prove it. So the top 12 for me can absolutely make the finals. And we'll recap this in a second. Um, okay. I'm going to ju- jump ahead to our top four is exactly the same. Okay. Well, let's not say it just yet. Let's go Let's go fifth to eighth then. We've already okay. talked about eighth a bit. Let's go fifth to eighth. These teams making the finals. So I've got Adelaide in fifth, as you just pointed out. Yep. Melbourne sixth and the Dogs seventh. And then Geelong's eighth for me. Okay. I have uh, Port at fifth, Melbourne six, Bulldogs seven, and Sydney at eight. I Any questions think, to I don't ask think me? either of those are unreasonable. No, I don't think so. I'm back in the Bulldogs once again, sort of because they've done it before. They were, they were not good enough at the end of last season, but they've got Bontempelli. I can't believe Aaron Norton and Jamara Ugohagen aren't a better forward combo than they are. I think, um, I think it's a coaching thing. I'd be very yeah. if, if they don't. The, like I said, they've got probably the most talented list on paper. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Caleb it's Daniel is just one of the most solid AFL players. Liberatore does what he does. Even they've got, they've, they've got Trelaw, they've got yeah, Norton, oh, they've Trelaw, got Tim yeah. English. Yeah, wow. Yeah, now you name them players. Hagen, I'm like, wow. I mean, even Cody Waitman, I know people love to hate him, but he's so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, for sure. I, who's the defender they got from Carlton? Who's really? He, he's He's a solid defender. The guy got a skin uh, skin fade, buzz cut beard trim. They got him from Carlton. I, can't I literally remember. have no idea. Anyway, you guys know the one I'm talking about. He's a good defender. So good, I can't remember his name. Yeah. On paper, they're very good. So they're, I'll back they're them. They're definitely one of the best teams on paper. Yeah. I would be very surprised if Bevo lasts the season unless they do have this miraculous... Yeah, if they're not in the top eight by halfway through the year, I think he's probably gone. And I probably just, rightly so. It's been uh, He's been there for like... Eight or nine years, so yeah, and he's oh, he's definitely got the best out of that list. I mean, they won a premiership. For they, sure, they played in a grand but final. But it's a com- completely different list now. But you can't keep writing off grand final success. You from can't, and the list has evolved, but it's still an excellent list. And mm. the fact that he can't, like he can't make finals with this list, is a worry for me. Correct. Then I would look to the coach. So yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm I'm surprised Simon Goodwin hasn't been under more pressure. There hasn't been a single word about Simon Goodwin you know, and his coaching position. And I think that's insane. I, I don't like that people jump on coaches all the time. I think it's such a hard job and, you know, they should get time, uh, except for David Noble. But um, <laughs> I can't believe I said that, man. Simon Goodwin has been out with – I think the Ds have arguably the best list in the competition. Yeah, Their forward line fair. sucks now and that's another thing like the Swans for me. The only reason I've put them sixth and not probably back in the top four or at least fifth is – 
I don't know, is kicking goals for them. Um, Petrarca. Petrarca's doing everything. Yeah, but for you them. need a key forward. You need, every, look at yeah, all the all the players in the in the Coleman Medal chase. They're all key forwards, bar like a Toby Green or yeah. like a Charlie Cameron, and they're stars. So it's like I just don't think they're going to kick enough goals over the season. Ben Brown's injured. Um, Van Ruin, young, yet to prove anything. I think sort of like an Armity. You need to do more first. You can't be like, oh, he'll just improve and kick goals. Hardest thing to do in the league. Um, yeah, they've got Fritz, not a key forward. So he, what, do we, what do we kick? 35 to 40 Fritch. goals. It, didn't I, did I say that? You said Fritz. Fritz, Fritz. <laughs> oh, stupid last name anyway. Um, Cozzy Pickett, I mean, yeah, he's a good player, exciting, but not consistent. So, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm throwing away the Clayton Oliver thing. Clayton Oliver's been training most of the preseason. He'll come back and be a but star. But he's a midfielder. He's not a forward. Yeah, but that's so that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, Their midfield and back line is fantastic. Yeah. So that's why I'm going to back them to still be in the top six at sixth. But they're not going to kick any goals. That's why I've got them at sixth and not higher. Um, Port at fifth. You know, they've got it on paper. Um, I would love to rank them down a little bit lower. And I think... Melbourne and the Bulldogs could absolutely, or even Sydney could definitely finish above them. I think fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth to I me think, is yeah, all fifth, kind of the from same. From like fifth to twelfth is really, it's, yeah. it's I think really yeah, those I, depends on what team comes out and what day yeah. and you just never really absolutely. know. I think a lot of those teams though are very close around yeah. the mark. I think I'll put Port there because their home ground advantage is so strong. That's probably the only reason they can get to the heights they did last year. Port also always um, starts strong. Like they usually go like yeah. eight and They're eight like and one, nine like and Bulldogs. one. Like they usually in yeah. the top two or three for yeah. most of the year. I'm going to predict Port fifth out in straight sets again, and we're okay. all laughing at them. And Jason Horn Francis gets no brown. Oh, don't say that name. Um. Okay, let's go to the top four. Well, our top four is the exact same. Have you got them in the same positions? Yes. Okay. Collingwood, I'm putting on top. Reigning champs. No reason to predict anything else. Yeah. Um, Sam McClure is one of the biggest flogs I've ever heard in my life. I don't I don't mind him sometimes, but after saying Carlton are premiership favourites, and if you don't think that you don't know anything about football, you shows know he's he a doesn't Carlton know. supporter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, that shows he okay. doesn't know anything about football, and the lid's off for him when it should be firmly on. Collingwood are the reigning champs, and they didn't even make the grand final, and they've done nothing to improve their list except for natural improvement. So they do not deserve to be premiership favourites whatsoever. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if it all went wrong and they missed the finals, to be honest. Anyway, um, Collingwood number one, Brisbane number two. You have to put those two there. It's ridiculous if you don't. That was a fantastic grand final. A fantastic grand final. Yeah. And I think I, I would love they to see Brisbane deserve, back there and win it. Um, they both deserve to be. Carlton, I've got third. Yep. Carlton should be there with the talent they've got. But if they underperform and they're battling for the eight, once again, wouldn't surprise me. Um Carlton were a joke for half a year and the only reason they made the finals is because 5th to 15th was separated by two games. If they're back that far in years gone by and it's like four or five games that separate the eight to that point in the ladder, no chance they come back. They get spanked in the first round and they're out. So, look, the lid should be on for you Blues fans, but I know that absolutely would not be the case. Um, GWS in fourth as well. Really like what they did, overperformed for me. My one criticism on GWS, and I know this is going to irk people the wrong way, but I'll try to explain as much as possible, but come at me if you'd like. Um, I don't know if they have a true Brownlow medal quality player. Toby Green is a star, a genuine star of the league, but I don't think unless you've got, unless your best player is a midfielder or a key forward, I'm not. I'm, I think you've still got a level to go to. You know, if we went in to a game, you know, and we were top four, and our best player was our back pocket, are we? Are, are people going to be shaking in their boots? No. 
You've got to have a power forward or you've got to have a midfielder as your best player and they don't have that yet. I think that's the only thing, a genuine Coleman medalist or Brownlow medalist in the midfield is the only thing stopping me from putting them higher, I think. So I've got them as my premiership favourites. That's wild. Um, but they, I've got them fourth, but I think they'll win the flag. Really? Because the one thing that team has more than any other team in the competition is self-belief. Mm. And that they genuinely believe that they are capable. And there's a big, big difference between saying, oh, yeah, we're going to go out and win this game and actually meaning it. Mm. And I think that they hand on heart genuinely yeah. have that self-belief. No other club. Collingwood do have it as well, I think, to an extent. And I think that that's Going something Going back to that back is hard, though. I think that's what, something that Craig McRae has really instilled. And I think it, that, that that's proof of that that self-belief yeah. can carry you through to a premiership. I think they were unlucky to win the to lose the prelim. I mean it was a really well it fought was. out game and I think that they they probably challenged Collingwood more than any other side maybe mm. has challenged Collingwood all final series. I know the the grand final was really close but I mean I just I think that what they've been able to do and again that self-belief and Toby Green is an absolute superstar. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I'm not saying he's not a superstar. He is an absolute I just don't think superstar. he's in the right position to be like a, a Brownlow medal contender or they just, for me, don't have a midfielder or a forward that's one of the best in the league, I think. They're like, I don't want people to take this in the wrong way. I think people are going to like overreact to what I'm saying. They've got fantastic midfielders that are some of the best, but I'm talking like, have you got one of the three best midfielders who's going to be in the Brownlow? Have you got a, a player that's going to be top oh, three in the really common who's a key forward who can genuinely take over the game? But I think Tom, if you look at Tom Green, I think he could be anything. He could be anything, but he's not yet. This is every, this every prediction be, I ever But again, made. this could be his year. Maybe, but until he does it, I, I don't back anyone until they do it. Well, I reckon the Giants will win the flag this year. I'm going to say Brisbane win it. I okay. think they've only got a couple of years left. They have to do it. In the, in the next couple of years, either wise, players are going to get too old. Who do they play in the grand final? Uh, either Collingwood or GWS, okay. I think. Yeah. Carlton for me, overrated. I'm just trying to piss off the Carlton fans. You are. I, I really rate Carlton. I Look, I rate Carlton's Carlton. an excellent side. Um, and I think if they can give us a full season of, mm. you know, their best football, I think they absolutely have the right to be in that premiership discussion they're in the discussion i think it's 60 percent chance they're the carlton of the second half of the year and 40 percent chance they're the carlton of the first half of the year thus 25 years of afl football we've seen carlton be so erratic just because they have 12 rounds of unbelievable football in 25 years doesn't mean i'm sold that you've turned it around have they got the assets 100 percent on paper they should be making the grand final but they never do so once again if they have a whole season like they did the second half of the year, they can absolutely get into the grand final. I think they get, they'll get scared of the pressure of a grand final though. And their fans put way too much pressure on them, which I think contributes to them losing themselves in the big moments sometimes. I think it'll be an interesting season. I think that, yeah, I, I think the top four is pretty strong and I think the bottom sort of four or five are also quite strong. But mm. I think Except everyone, I think every, well, I think as in strong as and I think that they're set where they are, yeah. um, but I think that middle that middle chunk, and I think that there'll be a few teams in that five to twelve bracket that'll surprise us mm. as well. All right, let's just run over it one more time from top to bottom, just so everyone knows. So I have Collingwood at the top, 
Brisbane second and winning the Premiership. Carlton, GWS to round out the top four. Port, Melbourne, Bulldogs, Sydney in the top eight. Essendon just missing the finals. Adelaide, St Kilda, Geelong, Gold Coast, Fremantle. And then the bottom four, Richmond, North Melbourne, Hawthorne, and then West Coast with the spoon. I've got Collingwood, Brisbane, Carlton, GWS to win the flag. I've got Adelaide, Melbourne, the Bulldogs and Geelong to round out the eight. St Kilda, Port Adelaide, Sydney, Essendon, Richmond, Hawthorne. And then bottom four, I've got North, Gold Coast, Frio and West Coast on the bottom. Mm, Fantastic. Just before we finish, Marnie, do you want to talk about your little shout out that Hugh gave you in the live stream? Literally the best moment of my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> this is how big Marnie is, guys. This is how big in the North Melbourne world she is. She didn't prompt Hugh to do that. Hugh just was thinking about you. How does that make you feel? I'm glad that the, it's like reciprocated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least, yeah. It, it's consensual both sides, which is fantastic. I think Hugh's obsessed with you, Marnie. Hugh and I are legitimate best friends. Yeah. He's... Just the nicest guy. And I think, you know, people always come for me and they're like, oh, like, why do you love Hugh so much? And Why don't you love Hugh so much? He is just, it's more, and this is the thing with supporting North. (laughs) And I know that not everyone will, you know, can say, oh, yeah, I'm best friends at this with with my favourite player. (laughs) I I get get that. Very small amount of people (laughs) can say that, man. But, you know, the fact that, we have been able to establish this really great friendship over the last 12 months in particular um, to the fact that he goes and gives me a shout out on the intra club cast is just the sweetest thing ever. (laughs) And I'm so, I'm so flattered and I do love Hugh so much. And I called you after it happened and I was just like, screaming in the phone and like almost crying I was so excited I was so excited I know Marnie called me and she was a hot mess guy she goes oh my god what happened what happened and uh then she's got the the clip as a memory for the rest of her life yeah so so thank you Hugh if you are listening I love you Mm. and you know I can't wait to chat about Hugh for the rest (laughs) of the year with everyone Uh, yes absolutely now I forgot well there's one more thing I want to show you man you haven't seen this yet um a a, a regular commenter and uh, voice note leaver gobshot Anonymous over yeah. from Western Australia yeah. has been sending me updates about the counterfeit um, Further North podcast Josh and Marnie merch that's going on over in Arden Street. Um, okay, it, it's it's out of control over there um, oh no. at the markets over there. Counterfeit. Marnie merch, which is disgusting. He's been lucky enough to actually take a photo of some of the Marnie merch. Oh my and God. he sent it through. <laughs> oh okay. Oh so no. I'm just gonna show you um I'll show you this. It's not that photo. There we go. That I'm gonna put the photo <laughs> up on screen. Do you just want to describe the that merch for everybody? There was a comment left on one of the um last podcasts we did that um, someone's going to tell their kids that you and I are Harry and Megan. <laughs> That's the best comment That's I've ever heard in funny. my entire life. So the, it's got Harry and Megan written on the top and then a photo of you and I with some love hearts <laughs> and then it says further north pod down the bottom. That's hilarious. Unbelievable. That's How so do you funny. feel that that's being sold illegally over in Western Australia? It really worries me that someone's profiting off mo- it. mocked that up in their spare time. <laughs> I wish no, I had so no, much spare time to do that. That's direct from the Western Australian market. Oh, that markets. is so funny. So that's hysterical. Look, we'll keep everyone updated with this situation. It's getting out of hand and um, our local correspondent from Western Australia, Gobshites Anonymous, will be hot on the case. Almost, I th- would we say he's the Tracy Grimshaw of the Further North podcast? Going undercover for us. Watch out. We undercover boss style. Um, well... If you want to see the photo that has just been uh, that we just talked about, get on the YouTube, guys. We're filming it now. You can see our pretty faces, 
And well, just me, to be honest. And uh, no, it's you, Marnie. We all know it's you. It's not me. <laughs> Please, Further North Podcast on YouTube, Further North Pod on Instagram, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's fantastic. Live show's coming up. Very, very exciting. Um, yeah, I Can't think wait. that's about all of the housekeeping stuff there is to do. But thank you to all the YouTube viewers because YouTube is doing very well for me at the moment. Um, and all the normal Spotify and Apple listeners, you are fantastic as well as always. Please leave some reviews, comment on the polls. And uh, yeah, tell your mates about it too because we need to keep growing this podcast and we're doing big things. It's growing all the time, which is fantastic, but let's make it a massive movement for this season. Um, close to a flag are involved and all that sort of stuff as well. Guys, we're, we're massive. We've been we're talking massive. about this for ages. Tell your mates, if you've got any North Melbourne mates that don't listen to the Further North podcast, you're a bloody fool. Absolutely. And season's just around the corner. As Josh said, you know, we North is a smaller club and we are like a little family. So, mm. you know, if you're ever, you know, alone, you're going to games alone, you want to chat about the game, Josh's messages are always open. Absolutely. Mine are sometimes as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Depends what you say to Marnie yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it doesn't what you say. But um, we're always happy to chat about North mm. and, you know, we want everyone to, you know, love – it's obviously been a really – tough few years being North supporters. We want everyone to fall in love with the footy again. Starting to turn, thanks to the man driving it, H Greenwood, number one. Charlie Combin. (laughs) No, it's Alistair Clarkson. He's at the wheel. Don't worry, guys. No, no, it's Hugh Greenwood. It's Jesse (laughs) Pittard. Phoenix Spicer, maybe. He's still, he's got a back office role, development role, maybe. Um, Okay. <laughs> Lastly, uh, there, there was talk of a super coach league. Um, yes, am, tell us all about it. I am going to start a, a few super coach leagues for podcast listeners. Caveat, I'm not a massive fantasy player. I'm going to try this year, but I've never really done it before. Um, there's a very good listener and a client of mine at the barbershop who's helping me run this. So um, Shout out. We are going to uh, – yeah, f- thank you, James, for, for doing all this for me. I know he's listening. So, um, yeah. It is coming. I'll get you the league codes very, very soon. I was going to do it today, but there's been so much stuff going on and we need a podcast. But Supercoach League is coming. Please, if anything is wrong and my team sucks, don't tell me because I'm not good at Supercoach, but I know you guys are. You'll destroy me. But half my team's North Melbourne anyway. But it's coming soon. Give me some time, okay? Anyway, that is all. Marnie, sign the podcast off, please. Guys, see you Sunday from 1pm at Bonehead Brewing for the first ever Further North live show. We can't wait to see you there. For those who can't make it, there will be the podcast available on audio and video at some yes, point. Yes, we're going to film the live show. We're so. going to film the live show at some point. Um, it'll be up for everyone else to listen to early next week. But we will see you guys on Sunday. Very, very exciting. I'm going to try and do a podcast after the match against Collingwood, the, the match sim thing we're doing on Wednesday against Collingwood as well. So I'm going to try and get a podcast out after that. It might just be a short one. Um, and with the live podcast being on the Sunday, I'll get it out as soon as I can. The, that podcast might come out midweek the next week because there's a lot more editing to do with the videos and stuff. So, um, look, it'll come, but give me some time, guys. I'm very tired and I work full time. So, get off my back. Love you. Thanks, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs> Bye.